the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, May the 2nd, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on May 2nd, 1994, Nelson Mandela was elected in South Africa's first democratic election. Today in 1863, during the Civil War, Confederate General Thomas Stonewall Jackson, he was accidentally wounded by his own men in Chancellorsville, uh, Virginia. He died eight days later. Today in 1890, the Oklahoma Territory was organized. Today in 1932, Jack Benny's first radio show, sponsored by Canada Dry, made its debut on NBC. Today in 1941, General Mills began shipping its new cereal, it was called Cheerios. They sent them to six test markets. That must have been pretty successful testing because we're still eating them today. We know them as Cheerios. I love Cheerios. Today in 1972, a fire at the Sunshine Silver Mine in Colorado, uh, uh, Kellogg, Idaho, it claimed the lives of 91 workers. They succumbed to the carbon monoxide poisoning. It caught my attention. One of my uncles, the husband of my father's oldest sister and sibling, he worked there in that mine many years ago. He wasn't killed in the mine, but there were those killed today in 1972. But I remember the stories as a kid. They used to talk about it in the past, about Sunshine Silver Mine. Kellogg, Idaho. Today in 1972, longtime FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, he died in Washington, D.C., was 77 years old. Today in 2010, record rains and flash floods in Kentucky, Mississippi, and Tennessee caused more than 30 deaths. Even the stage at the Grand Old Opry House was underwater. Today in 2011, Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden He'd been killed hours earlier. He was actually killed on May 1st by our special forces. But today, 2011, they buried him at sea. Today in 2018, the Boy Scouts of America announced they were changing their name. They would now simply be Scouts BSA after being Boy Scouts for 108 years. The change came, as you know, they had already begun to install homosexuals as leaders of the little boys on the camping trips and all of it. Now, today in 2018, they were now taking in girls to the Boy Scouts. So they had to change their name. Sadly, but true, that is a failing organization finally declaring bankruptcy. That's where some of these principles that violate God's natural laws take you when you stand against natural laws of God. There are boys and there are girls, and they're different. And a lot of things they can do together, but some things are better 
if they do them separately. It's just better for the boy and the girl. How hard is that to understand? It's not a matter of understanding. It's a matter of rebellion. It's interesting, Psalm 2 is often quoted in various contexts, and there's a lot in that chapter that we could get into and we aren't, but Psalm 2 begins with a question, verse 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Verse 2 says, The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Does that sound at all familiar to our day in which we live? It does. Christianity is seen as the last real um, restriction to the progressive agenda. They say that often now. It was a little bit veiled five, ten years ago, but now they're pretty open about it. And they say that the fundamentalists, meaning those of us who believe the Bible is actually God's word and it actually is something we're supposed to live by and it's actually true, it's infallible, they say that is the greatest speed bump for their progress, for progressive, elitist, godlessness agenda that they have. And they are now in control. They're sitting in the, I don't know if they're in control, but they're sitting in the driver's seat of America. And they're taking us down a road that many of us don't want to go. And based on God's word, God doesn't want to go there either, and he's not going to go there. Verse 4 says, He sitteth in the heavens, he shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. I, I, I don't mean to further divide us, but we are so terribly divided in our culture today. It's folly for those who stand up and say, Elect me and I'll go to Washington, D.C. or Olympia or Salem or Boise or wherever, Sacramento. I will fight for you. I will bring our country together. I doubt that, and I'm not cynical. I just doubt that very seriously. One, I doubt their deep commitment once elected and ensconced into the power circles of wherever they're going, whether it's a state capital or our U.S. capital. But I also... Also, don't think if there's someone who sincerely thinks they can bring it all together. Joe Biden said that a hundred times. He said, I'll, I'm going to be the healer of this nation. Well, he isn't the healer, nor is he the great physician, but he hasn't brought anybody together. In fact, his policies have further separated us. That's why the heathen rage in our day. That's why there is such anger toward biblical thinking. And even common sense thinking outside of Scripture, just common sense. There is a rage against anything that is wholesome and godly and biblical. But we shouldn't take it personally. But we should be crystal clear that it's happening. We should know that. Verse 10 of that second psalm says, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice 
with trembling. Bill Gates was talking it up over the weekend. He's pushing for, now he's pushing for a surveillance group that is run by World Health Organization. He wants a new agreement written, and he is urging nations of the world to give WHO, the World Health Organization, an additional billion dollars per year to run a surveillance operation regarding COVID. He said, we have the idea that COVID, I'm paraphrasing him, but I'm pretty close to quoting. He said, we have the idea now after two and a half years, it's been horrible and people have been locked up and so on. And he said, we have the sense now that this is over, but he said, COVID isn't over. It's going to continue for years to come. And we must put in place a global group to look out for us and take care of us and surveil so that people aren't breaking the rules and putting other people's lives at risk with this COVID. The left, the far left, and particularly the rich and powerful, they will grab any possible uh, situation and try and recast it to make it as a vehicle to advance progressivism. And we need to be aware of that. And that's, that's why the heathen rage, and I'm not casting anyone as heathen except just collectively, the ungodly, that's why they rage, because we are a speed bump. God's word is a speed bump to where they want to go. They're on a fast track to hell, and they don't. I don't know if they know it or not, but that's what they're doing, and they're taking children and families and marriage and all of the institutions of, of the kingdom of God and God's creation. They're trying to take all of this with them. It's really sad. Exxon made a statement over the weekend that really got them in trouble. Exxon came out and said they're banning their their uh, global um, offices are in in Houston, Texas. They said they're banning LGBTQ pride flags from being flown outside their their Houston corporate office uh, during Pride Month in uh, in June next month. And the company updated their guidance. And just hours later, they came out and they updated on, on acceptable flags, which can be displayed outside the offices. But they are banning external position flags is the way they explained it. And that would include the pride flag and the Black Lives Matter flag. Well, the rule does permit that they can put an LGBTQ employees group flag somewhere in the building, but not out by the Exxon logo. Well, Exxon's move didn't go over very well with members of the Exxon Pride Houston chapter. Now they're refusing to represent the company at Houston's Pride celebration. They were going to carry a Exxon banner down the Pride Parade in uh, Houston, and they're, they're saying they won't do it now. I, I, I don't know anything about what Exxon is thinking. They're, they're, they're executives, but I, there could be those among them that are kind of saying, wow, thank you. Don't carry our, our logo. I don't know. But it, it seems like Exxon was trying to push back from this pretty pretty strongly without appearing to do so. So we'll see what happens. But there is there is a, a bit of a weariness developing in the country, and particularly around this 
the homosexual agenda, the LGBTQ, 1AI, ABCD, whatever. Um, they're, they're really, people are weary of this. And not the freedom that to live their lives as they wish legally. Not so much that, but just the whole idea of the way they're trying to cram this down everybody's throat. And they're getting a little sick of it. Even some of the corporations... I, I would suspect, I haven't read this, but I would suspect that there are people in the upper echelon of Disney, Walt Disney Corporation, that are thinking, man, what have we gotten ourselves into here? I mean, it's just, it's, it's just the nations are raging. It's that kind of a situation. So it wasn't long ago that liberals, progressives, at least pretended to support free speech. But those days are gone now, forever. They'll probably never come back in as we have known free speech in the past because a number of things in the culture have changed. For the left, censorship isn't only right and just now, it's necessary to protect democracy. Recent remarks by former President Barack Obama he was speaking at uh, Stanford University. He's kind of the living, breathing avatar, if you will, for this mode of thinking. But during a speech at Stanford University, Obama said censoring speech online is necessary. This was just within the, a week ago. He said it's necessary to thwart disinformation that could hoodwink people into believing falsehoods. I'm quoting him. Falsehoods are losing trust in their leaders. And, of course, we can't have that. He said, once they lose trust, they are us little people out here. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in, pos in the possibility of truth, the game's won, he said. It never occurs to Obama or to his mesmerized audience there of learners at Stanford that our leaders richly deserve to be distrusted. There's a reason why this distrust exists in America as do the mainstream media and our political institutions. The important thing for Obama and those with his mindset, and there are many, and he articulates it pretty well, it's not that these people and these institutions prove themselves actually trustworthy, only that they be seen as such. They don't want to be trustworthy. The whole emphasis is on, is on how they're perceived. So if you think Joe Biden is telling you the truth, we win. There's, I mean, they have won the game. That's what he's telling these kids that are being educated, quote-unquote, at Stanford. But it never occurs to him, it's not even part of the game plan, to think about actually becoming trustworthy and actually telling the truth. Oh, no. It's just that they are perceived as doing so. The United, at a United Na uh, Nations speech here some years ago, by, it was back 10 years ago, it was in 2012, Obama said the reason the United States protects free speech, he told the, the group there at the United Nations, he said it's because in a diverse society, efforts to restrict, restrict speech can quickly become a tool to silence criticals and oppress minorities. And because, he said, given the power of faith in our lives and the passion that religious differences can inflame, the strongest weapon against hateful speech is not repression, it's more speech. That was 10 years ago. That's where we've come from then to now 
Now there's not even a pretense of trying to actually tell the truth. But the whole emphasis is on fooling the people and giving the perception of what we want the particular outcome to be. Which leads me, are we now going to have a ministry of truth? I mentioned this on Friday because it hit the news Friday, and uh, I didn't have time to talk about it on Friday's program, but I want to come back to that because this is a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal because of what it is, and it's a pretty big deal because of who is running it. In fact, we should be very, very informed on this issue. Last week, as the news broke that our Department of Homeland Security, DHS, that's a department that didn't even exist 20 years ago, but now spends $52 billion annually. Well, it's created a new disinformation governance board. I mentioned that Friday on this program. DHS initially declined to be interviewed by the Associated Press. That's why I couldn't find anything on it as I was coming on the air on Friday live. Well, because they wouldn't talk to the press, even Associated Press. And Associated Press is very good to Biden and his people. They're a true friend. But the words disinformation governance board gave many in America a chilling remembrance of George Orwell's dystopian novel. Remember 1984, if you've read it, if you've not, uh, I'll touch on it in in a moment here and tell you what it's about. But the woman chosen to head up this new misinformation policing effort should not be heading up anything, much less the policing misinformation. When DHS did finally issue a statement later in the day on Friday, they explained the new governance board as very important because, and I'm quoting them, this is our DHS, the spread of disinformation can affect border security, American safety during disasters, and public trust in our institutions. Do they think we think that they're interested in border security as the people waltz across the border by the tens of thousands? Why would they think we're that stupid? I don't know. But apparently they do because they're creating this disinformation. I guess the disinformation is they want to be sure and convince the United States that the border is under control, that we're doing great, we're making progress. I don't know. But boy, I looked at this whole thing about this governance board that they're creating, this disinformation governance board, It reminded me of a lot of entrepreneurs when they're trying to sell. And I like entrepreneurs. I have that streak in in me myself. But an entrepreneur will tell you what they're going to do and what their vision is. And they'll always get around to, to say, man, this project has huge potential. They believe it does. But it almost sounds like these guys are selling something that they know won't work. But it's the perception. It's not the reality that they're after. On June 8, 1949... This English writer, George Orwell, he published 1984. It was a dystopian, it is a dystopian social science novel. It's a cautionary story. He he wrote it to warn readers of the dangers of totalitarianism, and he had seen it firsthand. The central focus of the book is to convey the extreme level of control and power possible under a truly totalitarian regime. I know it's just a book and it's a novel, but boy, is it frighteningly close and parallel to the days we live in here in our own country under this administration. It explores how such a government system can impact society and the people 
who lived in it, the irony, the irony, the revelation that our government had created a new board to fight disinformation created this massive reaction and remembrance of the storyline in Orwell's book, especially since it came soon after, after Musk has just bought Twitter. They're in the process of closing it. Elon Musk buys Twitter, he says, to save free speech. Days later, President Biden announces his version of a ministry of truth. That's what it was called in Orwell's uh, novel. Biden didn't call it that. I'm calling it that. Gateway Pundit says following Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter last week, which was a triumphant victory in the ongoing war over free speech, the Biden regime announced the creation of their disinformation governance board. That will be tasked with silencing anything deemed to be misinformation that's related to homeland security. And yes, it's just as dystopian and creepy as it sounds. Well, it is. This new board will operate under the authority of the Department of Homeland Security, as I said, with a special focus on, they say, Russia and irregular migration. Well, they blame Trump for being connected at the hip with Russia and colluding with Russia on and on and on for years while he was president, getting an awfully lot done, although they were battering him every day. And now we all know, I mean, it's out there. Hillary Clinton hired the guy that wrote the dossier that was the basis for all of their screaming about the fact that Trump was connected to Russia. Trump never was connected to Russia. He wasn't colluding with them. I'm not defending Trump. I'm just saying, man, this is where we are today. It's scary if you don't know the Lord. But if you if you turn, as Psalm 2 is directing us, if you turn toward the Lord and worship the Lord in truth, then all of this has a different perspective and we look at it differently. That's why it's so important that we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and on his word. His word is a light and a lamp to our pathway and how we walk our own life. The disinformation board will be led, Gateway Pundit says, will be led by Executive Director Nina Jankowitz, who reveals in a series of tweets, she's a, I'm not quoting them, but she's a nutcase. I mean, she is a piece of work. She shouldn't be heading up anything. She is an anti-free speech crusader. She's committed member of the radical left. She's even made her stance clear about crucial issues like Hunter Biden's laptop and all that. I mean, she came out, I mean, they've been using her as an operative uh, behind the scenes, you probably haven't heard of her before. I, I haven't I've heard her name, but I didn't pay any attention to her. But now she's heading up this misinforma- uh, misinformation um, project. And that sh- we should be aware of that. In other words, they're saying the worst or best person for the job, depending on which side you're on, is this lady, Jankowitz. She is... I can't quote a lot of what she said, to be honest with you. I mean, it's vulgar. It's just, I, I would not quote it on the radio, and I wouldn't even write it in our daily uh, blog, our article that we write every day. Jen Psaki said Friday that Jackowitz is a, quote, expert. She's the White House press secretary, as you know. She said, quote, that uh, Jackowitz is an expert on online disinformation, and was formerly a disinformation fellow at the Wilson Center. That's a far left 
advocacy so-called, you know, research center. She was an advisor to the Ukrainian foreign minister, among other positions. Well, the foreign minister in Ukraine is, is I mean, Hunter Biden is well-connected there, as we all know. But this, those who, who know her are calling her a lunatic in the press. And these aren't border marginal press organizations. They're simply calling her a lunatic. And from what I've read, I agree. The link quotes her vulgar language in the headlines. As I said, I can't even quote what she said, but believe me. And she's, I mean, I don't even know how to describe her. The one thing I could put in my article today was she went on with her face in her in her phone or computer. She went online and she did, um, she she did a, a a kind of a parable or a a, a parallel a revised version of um, of one of Disney's uh, programs, and so I, she did it on TikTok, and she was doing the. Uh, I mean, I I don't even know how to describe it. Anyway, this woman is in charge of this organization. They'll be spending millions of dollars to ferret out and to root out disinformation. George Orwell's masterpiece, he called it the Ministry of Truth, Propaganda, Censorship, Department of Oceana, that was the fictional name of in his dystopia. Even the names of the four ministries in his novel are governed. They reflect a deliberate reversal of the facts. The Ministry of Peace concerns itself with war in his novel. The Ministry of Truth with lies. The Ministry of Love with torture. And the Ministry of Plenty with starvation. These contradictions are not accidental, nor do they result from ordinary hypocrisy. They're deliberate exercises to doublethink. I mean, that's what they're doing, and that's what we're seeing before our very eyes today. It's only by reconciling contradictions that power can be retained indefinitely by people who have no fixed values. The Smith guy in the novel he works at the Ministry of Truth. He realizes that the Ministry of Truth is not the least best bit inter- interested in truth. Its use of propaganda is overt as its use of slogans designed to confuse and humiliate the people of Oceana. On the exterior of the Ministry of Truth building are three-party slogans. <clears throat> One, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. That's the whole basis of the existence in this novel. When you begin to lay down the parallels, and I don't have time to talk more about this novel, but it's well known, and perhaps many of you have read it. If not, you might want to take a look at that, because it so parallels what we're seeing today. Orwell, Orwell understood that history shows that no one wields misinformation and propaganda with greater effectiveness or at the greatest cost than a government whatever government. Friday evening, Tucker Carlson went off on this on Fox. He said, Joe Biden cannot continue to control this country if you have free access to information. It's just that simple. Biden certainly isn't improving your life. He's not even trying to improve your life. So the best he can do is to lie to you and demand that you believe it. And he said, in conclusion, you are a free person in a free country and no law enforcement agency can ever tell you what to think period. They can't, but they will try. 
But we have to trust in the Lord with all of our strength, not to our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of our ways. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.